<laughs> Caught you at your lowest. So I, I think, is it, is it true that you and I mostly get our clothes from charity shops? Uh, definitely from me. So I, I no, this, this is a Great Yorkshire show, isn't it? Yeah, ninety percent of my clothes I get from charity but, shops. But uh, at the Great Yorkshire, Yorkshire show, show, I was in this stall when the rain opened, and uh, the guy just had me captured there for a good hour. And I only an went hour. Yeah. So I only went away with three shares, which I was, I was quite proud of. Thirty-nine shares. Hello, everyone. We're just warming up <laughs> for talking leaders with uh, HDB and BSOC Global. And I, I was dropping up thinking about this uh, uh, yesterday. That um, I've, I've done some three hundred and fifty broadcast most of them with, with yourself and um and mark and all of them have been in the studio and now look yeah, where look we are this. look at the weather i know the weather the backdrop is uh, glorious it is always sunny in yorkshire i promise you <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it absolutely hammered it down yesterday and last night what did i say i brought the sunshine yeah <laughs> we were t- talking to your father yesterday because you all went to the the driffield show when uh, when i was at uh, harper some of the uh, guys from yorkshire said that the center of the universe is driffield <laughs> and the world revolves around driffield and your father said yes <laughs> <laughs> i bet he's like that's the wrong part of yorkshire i bet he said something along those lines <laughs> yeah. so, so everyone here we are in beautiful yorkshire let's come on let's get this all, all set up what why are we here and who are these uh two uh, very popular ladies yes so we are very privileged to be here at rebecca wilson's farm for on the trot we were here last night and talking uh, um we had the agri-leader circle live from here talking all things exports and we're back here this morning as we were up here and, you know, so we've got this and we're very lucky to have Rebecca Wilson and Lizzie sent from the Becca and Lizzie sent podcast. So um, if I just do a little intro, so I work for AHDB, I work in the AgriLeader team. AHDB uh, is a levy, pay, a levy organization. We work on behalf of farmers. Uh, we help facilitate exports, like I say. Um, we provide market analysis and data. We do knowledge exchange. We look at sense, consumer trends. Um, we challenge misinformation, so you can email us and, and we'll challenge that. Um, we do uh, marketing campaigns like the Eat Balance campaigns, but we also do, you know, working with schools and, and you know, so the next generation and, you know, hence we are here. So and just, and just to say, say that, that's why I think that um, AHDB, Isaac, Mark and, and, and the rest of the social media team are, are very inspired because you're so engaging with these yeah. guys. L- listening to you l- last night on the, on the broadcast, um, it's not that you're... Uh, you, you were endorsing the HDB, but you were endorsing the HDB because the good work that they do, uh, having worked with a number of trade groups, the HDB, AHDB are very, very proactive. And I think this type of thing is uh, works very well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that because we're not sat there paid to, te- you know, turn out some spiel that, oh, yes, AHDB do this and the statistics are this. Actually, we've either been to an event voluntarily or we've taken the time to read up on it because we're interested and because actually, ultimately... It benefits us as farmers um, and, and hopefully things like this and, and, and the live streams are all showing in quite an informal way that the AHDB is a, a really good organisation to have on our side. And I think it's fair to say, you know, everybody over over all of these things, um, you know, even though you're quite involved with us, you're always surprised with the amount of stuff we do and, oh, I didn't yes. know you were doing that. I think that's fair enough to say Uh, absolutely and even something like this we're obviously very keen to talk about young people in agriculture um people not from farming coming into agriculture so for the hdb as well to understand that this younger demographic is an important one Mm -hmm. is also valuable for us as well and and, you know the work we're doing absolutely 
absolutely. So you guys do the Becca and Lizzie podcast. Today the, the welly is on the other foot and we'll be asking the questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit nervous with that, actually. <laughs> Don't throw us any curveballs. No, so we'll, we'll keep it nice and gentle. Um, we were very well looked after last night here, so um, thank you very much. So how did you two meet and how did that this all come about? Well, it's a good question. It was in a previous job, wasn't it, Lizzie? It was, yeah. So we both met while we worked at a poultry equipment supply company, which sounds very niche, doesn't it? <laughs> we both, our journeys in life ended up there. Becca was a project manager. I was working of head of marketing and design. And we just became really, really good friends. We're just best friends. Absolutely. And I think the two different backgrounds, Lizzie isn't from a farming background at all, which I'm sure we'll kind of touch on throughout <laughs> throughout the rest of today. But um, I would say, and it sounds a bit cringe, but our strength is in our, in our differences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we were both from farming, we would not have the questions and conversations or if yeah, we were both a from a, a non-farming background. The reason I think that it works, and hopefully I can say it, it works, um, <laughs> with, with some of the things that we've done, um, the reason it does work is because... We have it. We have a different perspective. Yeah. Yes, we agree on things and our aims. We we agree on. We align on all of those things. But we're coming at it from different angles, which is vital. Um, and it allows us to step into each other's shoes. You know, Lizzie can step into into a farmer's shoes and thinks, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand why they're doing things that way. On the reverse side. I can see from a consumer side, maybe why acronyms we use in farming or mm-hmm. some of our practices yeah. aren't very clear. And we need to be better as, at far, as farmers at explaining those practices and, and the positive impacts of those. I also think it makes it really accessible. So people who maybe from the public might relate to me from a non-farming background, people who are in farming yeah. might relate more to Becca, but it brings all of those people together. And that is the main aim of what we do. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, the you know, you said it's not from a farming background. So... Give us a bit of a flavour of where did Lizzie come from? <laughs> well, I'm a self-confessed townie, so I grew up in Middlesbrough, very north. I know you think Yorkshire's north, but <laughs> well, it's yeah. north. There's north. something above <laughs> Anything above here? It's Scotch corner. <laughs> um, so yeah, grew up in a town. Farming was not on my careers list whatsoever. I do remember going to my first farm when I was five, and my mum said, all I wanted to do after that was be on the farm. <laughs> but, you know, coming from a town, it was never pitched to me that farming was a viable career. It wasn't talked about in schools. It wasn't kind of shown at careers fairs, university. So instead, I followed my other passions in life, which were creativity. So I did a degree in English and media and then an MA in design. Absolutely loved that world. And if I'm honest, I did uh, get this role at the poultry equipment supply company during my MA part time. And I thought, right, I'm going to work there a year and then I'm going to go off and do whatever I want. But I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the people in agriculture. I realised this stereotype that I had and a lot of other people from towns and cities have of this farmer in his flat cap with his straw, with his, you know, (laughs) his dog is not a full representation of the industry. There's amazing um, people from different backgrounds, different skill sets, different jobs. We have different genders, different ages, excuse me. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I guess everything went from there, really. I think one thing that's important for us is that people can see themselves in the industry. So it's important for us to be visible as young females in the industry so that girls in schools can think, Oh, well, I could be a farmer or I could work in journalism or marketing and actually just young people in general. So we're hitting that. We're hitting the non-farming background. It's absolutely vital that we have good representation Mm. 
currently working in the industry to keep pulling people in because we you know there are problems with with getting that that wide variety of skill sets in uh, so how do you go about with you know inspiring people and you know just just build a bit more on on what you just said how you know and the the messages that you put out there and, and how do you go about it because you know it is very powerful what you do yeah I think that's a really good question. Mm. And one of the things I would always fall back on is our guests. We really put a lot of effort into um, picking our guests, approaching with them, um, researching them in a in a non weird way you know but we'd like to know what they've done and, and actually that they might not have a big following some of them do but we like to know that they've got a good story or they yeah. they want to promote British agriculture too or they want to promote mental health awareness and we really really pick our guests along those lines and I mean this week it's farm safety week we've got an yeah. episode coming out tomorrow with a farm safety ambassador yeah. well that for Brilliant. us is absolutely perfect and there are lots of people out there in agriculture you've, you've just got to mm. find them and, and make that link with them and, and all too often people are, are happy to give up their time so I would say guests are absolutely crucial yes hopefully Lizzie and I you know as a duo are, you know do provide some inspiration but it's about collaborating yeah. with those guests mm-hmm. to tell the stories um, and make farming seem realistic and viable and, and accessible yeah yeah so um, what's what's we got we got a number of trade groups. Um, come on, actually, you can do this. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with the likes of um, um, MDS, Management Development Services, and they've been going for 25 years, and, and they find the best of the best out of colleges and, and universities, um, and they put them through a, a two-year uh, training course with uh, with four different companies, and they have no problem attracting diversity um, in. Um, whether it be uh, uh, gender specific or, or whether it be eth- ethnicity, they have no problem whatsoever because um, their trainees, as they call them, attract more people in. I think this is where it works very well with the with with, with this stuff. What inspired you? What was the catalyst for the podcast? Well, it was as simple as if we have these questions for each other, other people yeah. are going to have them too. And yeah. there were very different questions. Yes. Yeah. We had a few. Tea breaks. I can't say we had many. <laughs> we had a lot of amount yeah. of tea breaks in our last job. Yeah. And I was asking questions to Becca about farming, things like what are the cheese wheels? What's the chalk ice cow, which yeah. I now know is about the Galloway? <laughs> Becca was asking me the things like how do I post on social media? How can I better communicate this to the public? Yeah. And the core of everything that we that we do is right. If we've got these questions, other people have them too. Yeah. And I think the podcast was definitely the best place to start because it was partly during lockdown. Yep, okay. So it was accessible for people. We yep. could do um, interviews digitally, yeah. but also people could listen no matter where they were, if they were in the office, mm-hmm. in the field. Mm-hmm. It was just very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing in talking about either kind of social media things or farming, farming maybe more so, but you can't really Google a farming question because there's so many <laughs> yeah. different farm types and systems and, you know, so yeah. many ways to to skin a cat, as they say. How on earth can you get an answer? And social media, to some extent, is the same. I, I'll sometimes have a little Google of a question and you think, that looks like a minefield. But mm. I'll message Lizzie and she'll be able to tell me the answer in, in, a, t- in a text. Yep. And yeah. so ho- hopefully we're, we're providing like a portal to some of that mm. knowledge yeah. that we have. And we're, of course, we're always learning. We don't know it all yet yeah. and we never will. But if we can break down one of those barriers, yeah. you know, and, mm. and help with this knowledge transfer, because things have been hidden behind kind of smoke and mirrors in farming in particular. Understandably, people are, are scared about opening up what you do day to day on farm but the more we open it up the more we one can bridge the gap with consumers but two bridge the gap with potential employees as well and and how do you get 
cut through. Um, there, there's an amazing stat about LinkedIn. So I, I know we all use different platforms. My, my main one is um, is LinkedIn. And I was astounded to find out that LinkedIn, um, of the 250 million users of it globally, only 1% ever post anything or comment wow. anything. Um, with, with yourself, um, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, within agriculture, there's a lot of people who are, who are voracious about posting out stuff. How do you cut through? How, how, how do you get... It's not, it's not getting noticed because you're not egotistical individuals, but you want to make a difference. But how do you cut through the chatter to make a difference? Oh, gosh, that's a, a big question. It is. I think you'll find in social media, it is just a sea of content yeah. all yeah. the time. People yeah. are posting. I think our strengths come from we use different platforms. I very much love LinkedIn as well. So I'm, okay. I'm on that side. You won't find me on there very no. actively. I'm um, one of the 99%. <laughs> we're both on Instagram as well. And I think it's about finding content that sits with your audience. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you find that, you'll find more engagement and yeah. the likes of algorithms will push it forward. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, it's about authenticity, isn't it? Absolutely. Honesty. Yeah. And I think people more and more, and you talk about this, is Lizzie's kind of area, is that actually... The, the the generation now can see through fakery yeah. you know filters and things like that the, we yeah. can see them being used but people are aware of it now there's things are filtered to the extreme and the the highlight reel is is the extreme yeah. that authenticity and showing that there's highs lows but everything in between is needed yeah it is yeah. it is and i think, hope that's what resonates with yeah. our followers yeah. you, you mentioned there about content and the topics share some of the the best discussions you've had some of your best oh, um oh topics you've, you've done over the years i'm thinking of a recent episode actually with um farming minister mark spencer what mm. do you think lizzie yeah that was uh, <laughs> oh, oh just the farming minister yeah yeah that was a very very interesting episode to talk about mental health to talk about the future of farming and we got quite a lot of um i want to say farmers on the ground and influencers to send in questions to ask wow. him directly yeah. and it was it, it was interesting wasn't yeah. it yeah one thing which sticks out to me is that um mark talked about um basically the terms. risk and reward <laughs> in the <laughs> no, we, did, we did ask we did how ask. to address him and they said oh no he's quite informal like he prefers mark so <laughs> we're not just yeah, we're not texting <laughs> um, <laughs> We were talking about the risk and reward in that farmers take all of the risk and the reward is uncertain. It could be yeah. two years down the line when you sell your product. Um, and he was actually saying we're, we're hoping to put things in place to make sure that it isn't as risky for farmers. And one thing for us that we talk about a lot is do you have the confidence to invest in, in the next year's planting of the arable side or increasing the flock of sheep? And actually, he was saying that we will in time we should be having that confidence and I kind of pushed him a bit on it you and did. I said well it's music to my ears that you've acknowledged it mm. but I want to see something resolute and, yeah. and action yeah. because there, there can be a lot of words um but yeah who so that, knows if there'll be action so I think that was we had quite a good, a good conversation with absolutely. him absolutely yeah it was the themes that came out of that were were great we've had a lot of other topics as well you know we've covered women in agriculture careers yeah. um one thing that comes up time and time again is mental health. doesn't matter what we talk about, there is always an underlying theme of challenges in mental health, and that is a huge yeah. thing that we advocate for and mm. want to support. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a couple of edges as well. It's um, sharing experiences of people who have suffered with mental health um, conditions and, and all, all the kind of spectrum of, of conditions and, and crises as well and everything. But it's also showcasing... If you don't suffer for them, how can you offer support? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's also 
if you're a farmer, but it's also what can consumers do? Are consumers aware of the unique challenges? How important is it just to buy British, support local and seasonal? And, mm-hmm. and it's it's that that gives farmers a sense of value in what they're doing. If you know that consumers are looking for that British flag, which is sometimes questionable in some of the labelling, but um, if you know that consumers do want to support you, you get up every day thinking, okay, yes, we're doing a job that on the whole we love, yeah. but other people appreciate it as well. And that's yeah, yeah. important in, for that sense of, of you know, feeling in farmers. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of, you know, all of our research always show that farmers are the most trusted in the supply chain. And we should, you know, we, we try and we should really send, you know, send, uh, shout about that and, and mm. you know, get farmers Absolutely. and consumers to, to engage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's yeah, very important. Can, can, can I just come back with, a, with, a, with another marketing one? Because there's this, this, this change of, a, of, of age. Um, say Isaac and I are your uh, media agents and we've got two offers for you. You can either have a, um, a big money deal with Spotify or a big money deal with BBC for a TV series. But you can only choose one, Spotify or the BBC TV series. Which one would you go for? I know what I'd pick. I go think you'd go BBC. I'd go BBC TV series. Okay. I, I agree with that because I think... We have our podcast brand, yeah, you could yeah. call it. We've kind of, yes, there's growth to be done in, in that. Mm. There's always growth. We can always keep improving and, you know, improving our figures. But the TV side for us is something that if we had the opportunity... We'd absolutely go yeah. for it. I think it's really important to show yeah. what's but, but, happening. But then, but then last night when we were having the, <coughs> the, uh, the pre, pre-event um, dinner, half the table don't have a uh, TV licence because they don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. Because really they, wa- they, they watch YouTube, YouTube or yeah. Facebook. Really and they just point. I think the I think the element of the BBC is actually we have the capacity to bring balance and truthful yes, information. Because okay. yeah. where, where I'm interested is is you guys are here now, but we want you to be more successful. We want you to be the uh, the, the Halcyon ambassadors for the for the sector. So it's just where where do you direct get director? Because we don't know who's going to be watching yeah, this. Absolutely, it, it could be um, a BBC series um, editor who's going to ring you up <laughs> this afternoon. People uh, still Lizzie. watch TV though. The, the thing about farmers yeah. is that farmers are probably. <clears throat> Yeah. The, a demographic who watch the least TV, out, watch of, TV. out of everyone. Yeah, and I yeah. think when we go into non-farming households, yeah. TV and, and still mainstream channels are still a big deal. Yeah. Um, yes, other streaming platforms are kind of uh, are coming through, um, but your everyday person still watches a lot of TV. Oh, and, and the yeah. demographic last night was farmers, yeah. so we don't have the time. Maybe there's a middle ground there, and it's we, Amazon we or Netflix. Oh, because yeah. that's, you know, as and when, such as... Jeremy Clarkson's, you know, with yes. Prime, yeah. something like that. But I think it's really important that we do try and take all the opportunities that come our way because yeah. it can be a lot sometimes. But, um, but, but Isaac, can you imagine if, if we, if we, if we, well, so if I'm, we I'm just thinking of the, the, yeah. the commission, the commission of, um, St. Louis, are you, you going to be on Meteor Agents? <laughs> <laughs> but if you could do that, what would you, what, what does success look like? What, what would you Ooh. want to achieve? And, and don't, and don't be shy and, and don't be, no, no offense to, um, um, to, to, to Yorkshire, don't be parochial to, 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 to Yorkshire. It's, it's like Jeremy Clarkson. We've said it before. A friend of mine uh, binge watched the, uh, one of his series with his whole team in Mozambique one, one weekend, and um, uh, they, they, the, the, uh, the, the workers in Mozambique, they learned so much about farming uh, yeah. through, through Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. And that's so, what I'd love, like something like a TV series where we get on farm, we do okay. challenges, we learn together. You know, Becca doesn't know everything about other sectors. Mm. Get yeah. us milking mm. cows, get us driving tractors. Um, show that actually we can do all these things and we're young mm. females in the industry yeah, yeah, yeah. and we want to encourage yeah. other people. And I, I completely, it, it, it would, I would want it to hit all the aims that we have at careers, education, yeah. uh, supporting British farming. But for me, I'd want to be able to do something that has enough wider impact yeah. that you could have a voice 
higher up in, in government, yeah, for example. Absolutely. So actually, there'd always be a lighthearted element because we kind of hopefully bounce off each other as a duo. Yeah. But we touch on serious issues as yeah. well. And, and, and Clarkson, for example, with his um, plights with the planning system, well, well, who knew? I mean, I knew, but who knew that the planning system for farmers, uh, there were so many barriers in it? Yeah. Well, actually, he has raised awareness of that with the public. And actually higher up as well, there's more of an acknowledgement of, oh gosh, yeah, may, maybe we yeah. are hindering farmers and their their opportunities to develop. So if you had mm. something which could have an even wider impact, mm. um, and I like who knows? I like to think as well, we bring that kind of usp yes. in terms of different backgrounds yeah you know you often find farmers and farming programs you've got you know you've got yeah. programs there already but who um, knows yeah. so you, you mentioned uh, mentioned mark you know a couple of other um people that you've really enjoyed or found really interesting or were surprised oh, by oh gosh so many we always get asked i actually think this is a really hard question and Whenever everybody thinks it's a cop out, say I love all our guests, but I genuinely think we've had mm. such a fantastic array. One person who stands out to me is um, a girl called on Instagram Tomato Chaz. So Chaz um, works on the tomato farm down south, and I love that episode because Lizzie and I didn't know neither of us knew about tomatoes. If we have a sheep farmer on, I can pose some you know yeah. sheep farming questions. Mm. Lizzie can ask the more consumer side. But I felt consumery in that because I was asking questions about, okay, so how do you do that? You know, how do you grow those tomatoes? And a couple of other things which came out of it. Um, Chaz did a takeover for us on our Instagram. So she showed a day in the life of a tomato <laughs> farmer, which was fantastic. And the other thing is, which I think is really important, is that we talked about tips for growing your own tomatoes at home. Even if you have a tiny garden, you don't have much space, how can you get involved in that idea of, okay, well, this is what it takes to, to grow your own food. And I thought that was a fantastic one. And, you know, she doesn't have a massive Instagram following, but it didn't, it, that, did, that didn't matter. Her story I, I guess it's, it's the, that novelty and that, you know, people are curious about mm. things they don't know, which is how this was born. Yeah. And, yeah. and the public out there and, and even farmers, when they don't know about this. And I, yes. I went around a chicken farm recently and I was like amazed about, you know, so I didn't know chickens yes. like red. The chicks all came running yes. here. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember that my first time in uh, a, a chicken shed. And that I was, picture There's is a picture hilarious. of me, if anybody finds it on the internet. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I look about 10. I think it must have been taken in 2018. And I'm just like, what am I doing with this chicken? <laughs> um, whereas now I'm very, obviously much more confident with things. But guests have been incredible. I mean, I'm just thinking of some of our highlights. We went and did a, we've done an episode with Tom Pemberton. Obviously, he's, you guys know him. Um, that was hilarious. More so the fact that I turned up in, well, I forgot my wellies. Oh, no. took them on farm. <laughs> on a dairy farm. <laughs> yeah. And um, then I turned up in a skirt. Hold on, but why did you, that was my Because fault. I said I should go in jeans and Becca said, it's not, it doesn't kind of fit with your vibe, does it? And I went, what do you mean? She was like, mm, you've probably got to change that a little bit. So I know, oh, come in a skirt then. Oh, I was bedding up in a skirt. <laughs> it was like absolutely hilarious. So those are kind of highlights for me. Um, Sophie Gregory, she's yes. brilliant. Uh, she, yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've went and worked um, on her farm for for a week doing milking at 4 or 5 a.m. Mm. She's great. Mm. And um, we've, I know we've just been very, Charlotte very Ashley, hot. Charlotte Ashley, again. Yeah. A lot of these people kind of crop up everywhere, don't they? But that's because they're happy to put themselves out there yeah. and talk honestly about farming life, which it's not easy for, for everybody to do. 
Um, Keeping Cows Moving was really, really oh, good. Oh, he was great. And he's yeah. a hoof trimmer. Um, the, the new doctor, do- yeah, that's how we kind of marketed Papa. the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Great name. Um, because some of his videos have gone absolutely viral yeah. because they're that kind of addictive. You know, if a, if a if a cow's got an abscess, satisfying content. Yeah, it yeah. is. It yeah. is. So, uh, with talking leaders, we get quite a lot of um, non-farming, and, and we think you know, feel farmers can learn a lot of transferable skills. Have you since gone down that route a bit? That's a good question. Obviously, I went to the um, AgriLeader forum, it's called, the, yeah. the kind of conference thing. And I thought it was fascinating to bring in that perspective because we can be a bit of a closed off bubble. Um, and some of the interesting things, even people talking about, OK, well, well how do you how do you manage your staff? Well, oh, we don't really manage our staff. We don't really have a, a, a progression structure or, a, or a, a HR structure. So things like that, I think, are really important to bring in um, and the data side of things I thought oh my goodness what an absolute minefield and I did not have the scope of maybe what we're opening ourselves up to as um as farmers but I think it's a real it's a tricky one because we we want to still share those farming Mm. stories so if we go down the line of bringing in people who aren't that related to the countryside do we lose that back British farming message um which we'd never want to do but I guess we do our sister series um which is called what I know now it's what you tell your younger self and we're branching out slightly more it's not necessarily farmers on that so we had um yes still related to the countryside we had um somebody from Arla on that um he's um well very high up in Arla really so he brings a different businessy perspective Mm -hmm to things but we we would never want to lose the message of ultimately we want to show what farmers are doing on the ground basically I would say do you you agree Lizzie absolutely and I think a huge thing for us is the podcast is only one part of what we do you know we do things like speaking events social media and actually getting to go to speaking events and talking about our journey we share a lot of knowledge with people we get a lot of questions afterwards in terms of kind of Mm. farming side for you and then we get social media questions because a lot of farmers want mm. to use social media, but have a few yeah. kind yes, of questions. Yes. So we do get a lot of questions. We get asked if we tutor people. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very interesting. So that, that was kind of one of my, my questions previously. You do speaker events and shows, <laughs> podcasts, and the day job. How do you fit it all in? And how do you find that balance? Because... You know, so there's a lot of people mm. asking a lot of things of you. A lot of early starts and late nights. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say my usual answer that is very well. We yeah, we just... handle it very well. It's something I've actually written about recently in a in a column. Is all about this balancing act that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy to look at our social media and see this highlight reel and go, "Oh my goodness, these girls are here, there, everywhere mm-hmm. doing all this." But actually, behind the scenes, it is a lot of hard work. We're up half five, six a.m. We do early morning recordings. We're editing yeah. late on a night. We're going on weekends, and and don't get me wrong, we are very, very grateful, and we absolutely love what we do. But I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves yes. and other people that we need to take a step back. Well, sometimes. we do. We do say that, don't we? In mm. in our in some of our speaking events, sometimes you do have to pick and choose the opportunities. Mm. It is yeah. okay to take to uh, take a step back, and sometimes we should be taking our own advice. Yeah. But actually. <laughs> If we are making an, mm. making an impact, which hopefully we are, it's so important to you know to just. So keep that's that from the obvious question with us being your agents and we've got, <laughs> we've got Netflix and BBC and uh, would, could you see it as a full time career? Would you, would, would you enjoy doing that? I think that's uh, we have talked about this before mm. because particularly at this stage, ultimately our day jobs are what pay the bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is our our kind of a hundred percent focus, mm. it, and it has to be. And if it wasn't. 
then we shouldn't be doing all all the other stuff. Um, logistically, time wise, how does that even work? Yeah. I do. But who it. knows? Yeah. All I can say is never say never. We never thought we'd be here two yeah. years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. So who knows where we'll be two years yeah. down the line? Yeah. We talked a bit about mental health. How do you switch off? Is and what what is. Ooh. Um, do yeah. I'm just trying to do think. When was the last time do I you want switched me to that on? Yeah, first? yes. Well, I'm very, very open in the fact that I have anxiety. I am actually. Well, I recently told everybody. I told everyone. I, I talked about it on social media that I've been diagnosed with OCD. So I tend to be very kind of um, compulsive. Like I sometimes my brain just will not switch off. It doesn't matter what I do, but. I find therapy really helps, you know, an hour every now and then when I need it is a really good way to switch off. Just looking after myself and doing things that I want to do, having a walk or a hot bath or I think the good thing about being a duo is that we can rely on one another, mm-hmm. Another, you know, if if, if you're on holiday, yes. I'll take that workload on and yeah. vice versa so we can. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a massive point in that we do make a, f- a point of the fact if we're on holiday, unless it's an absolute emergency or it's just like a chit chat between friends, we do, we don't really contact each other. You know, even if it's a case of I would edit all the videos to go out on social media, but Lizzie Lizzie posts them or I schedule them or whatever. We very much try to if we are switching off, it should be a switching off time. Yeah. Um, I think the simple things are some of the the best things to do to switch off. Walking the dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a tiny thing. It costs nothing. Um, and it's really, really important. Um, listening to podcasts, what a great, <laughs> a great way to um, But yeah, absolutely. It's the tiny things for me because you don't have the time. I don't have the time to go off and have a spa day or a long weekend <laughs> or any. I'd love to. Um, but you've got to take those 20 minutes, that hour, whatever. You know, sitting in the garden and eating your tea outside. Tiny thing. Mm. Absolutely. Massive, massive for me. Um, there's, there's actually a lot of science behind the fact that you you almost can't sit at a desk and come up with good ideas yeah you know and so it's whether it's on the bike or walking the dog or mm. in the shower or, or you know and it's you don't get good ideas yeah. sitting it's at a so desk true. right well, well, so how often i'll be walking around like i'll be checking on the sheep and i'll voice message lizzie to say mm. i've just had this thought but so i don't forget it because obviously lizzie might be at her laptop able to just write yeah. it down or something yeah, um yeah. or she, she'll switch on to a laptop before i get to mine and um, if we're working on the on an evening so i'll just voice note her and say oh, i've just thought of this will you will yeah. you remind me about it later yeah. I, th- I think we've said this on virtually every po- podcast and i think it was from cranfield that the research has showed that the uh, the best leaders spend 25% of their working week just thinking, yeah. just mm. thinking. And that could be a dog wall. That could yeah. Be yeah. Car. And yeah. it is so important. Yeah. Or just yeah. shutting the door of the office. Yeah. Just yeah. thinking. Yeah. And that's what because I find. Yeah. Ideas for us are important. Ideas of, okay, well, how are you going to write that social media post? Where are you going with your line of questioning on that? What are you going to do in your presentation? You know, things like that. You don't, as I say, you don't sit down yeah. for an hour and you've written your presentation. We'll come back to it. Oh, I've got this idea. Oh, I think I should put a slide in on that. It's not a, and I think actually sometimes we can be a bit hard on ourselves to say, right, well, we need that done by then. Yeah. And if it's not done, obviously, yes, sometimes you need a presentation done for a specific date, but actually those deadlines should and could be workable to make sure you've made the best of the yeah. content yeah. that you're trying and to create. I think it's fair to say we often, we're always looking at the next thing. Yeah. Where sometimes we don't give ourselves credit mm. to look at what yeah. we've actually done and mm. celebrate what you've yeah, done. Yeah. Whereas you know, someone said to us the other day, "You've been on BBC Breakfast twice this year already," <laughs> and I was thinking, "Do you know what oh, we yeah, have?" Yeah. yeah. Whereas well, in our head, we're thinking, 
gosh, I've got, you know, six months left of the year. I've got this planned and we've got this to do. Whereas we don't actually take time to reflect and think, actually, we've done all right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Can I ask a question on an international aspect? Um, Harper Adams was um, interviewing there a couple of months ago and they got a slight frustration uh, with the student body that they there isn't um, a, a great desire for... Uh, for, for the students to go up and do a placement year overseas. Um, I'm ex-help and I did my placement year in Australia on cotton. And it was the, it was the making of, of me and I'm lucky to be, like, like Isaac, quite, quite well, well travelled. And there's some amazing farming enterprises mm. globally. But within the UK, we are quite quite parochial. With what you do, would you be interested to have, in, I don't know if you do, in, international podcast guests or and to go to Peru to look at avocados, to go to South Africa to look at citrus, to, to go to Zim to look at fine, I've fine said beans? This. I've said or, let's or, get... or, 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 do you, or, or is your raison d'etre with what you're looking to do just to be parochial within the UK? Or... I think but... it's such a good question. We've talked about it quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, I said Becca and Lizzie on tour. Yeah, I oh. said it would be great because... Although we are, you know, very much back British and we want to showcase our amazing farmers, I think you can also learn a lot from other people and, you know, yeah. go into these places and talking and having these discussions. Yeah. We might be able to share knowledge yeah. and, and bring something back. And who doesn't want to see us there? Yeah. Flying the, off place, anyway. The place here to pick here. <laughs> yes, it's here. The private jet is landing yeah. now. Get it, the it, champagne ready. <laughs> it, it is things like, you know, Nuffield. Wow, that is very loud, isn't it? Red arrows. <laughs> <laughs> they are just—they—they they do come out of dishes, actually. Just have them. Uh, but do they? Not dishes, but the Linton's kind, actually. Red arrows. Uh, no, no, that's very loud. Um, you know, things like like Nuffield, and sometimes you you meet some somebody from a from a different background. He does mm. get that. Wow, you know, I've never yeah, thought absolutely. of it like that. Yeah. Uh, kind of. I guess our only foray into kind of um far like farming abroad recently would be we spoke to tom the young farmer now he if you listen to radio one he's he's literally been on all the time um but he's been in new zealand and so it was really interesting to hear about his experiences with the farm over there and how he might bring something back yeah. to his farm at home so i think it's it's a fascinating thing and just because you would talk about a, a farm abroad doesn't mean we're not going to support British farming. Absolutely, you can still do it all, but I guess it's a logistics thing as, as well for us in terms of we have a massive list of UK guests. Yeah, yeah. To, mm. to, to get even more guests, like obviously it will be opening up a massive, a massive group of people, which will be amazing. Yeah, but it's, it's, not, been, it's been, been on our radar. Up, basically, it's been, maybe <laughs> yeah. next year it's been yeah. on our radar, hasn't it? All I can say is pack the suitcase. Yeah, <laughs> we're going on all day. So, so we talked a lot about and your your you know really favourite guests. Who's been the worst? Oh, <laughs> I'm only joking. Oh, I'm only joking. No, you don't. You don't have to answer. That. There wasn't a worst that came to mind, but there was a funny moment that came to mind. Oh, go on. I mean, is it PG for this? I don't know if it is. It's to do with, um, like, do you prefer? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, seriously, we don't. We, I was only joking. We'd love to. We'd love to share that. Rebecca, you, 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 you know, it's an opposite from Lizzie. Fifth generation of of family farming. Um, you know, so is that a, a, a bit of a, a pressure? You know, so how do you work through all of that? And uh, we we met your lovely parents last night. Um, you know, so how do you, how do you work that? And with your sister? Really good question. And anybody who works on a family farm will know it could be the absolutely most amazing working system, but it can be so tricky at times. There's definitely responsibility. So I returned to the farm a couple of years ago or so now. It was actually through family illness. My dad couldn't drive for six months. And so it was kind of a, what on earth are we going to do? So there was maybe a view of, will it be just that six months that I come back to the farm and then go and, well, get what I would call a proper job. Um, 
but loved working on the farm so much. It gave me an opportunity to, I guess, learn about more of the business side of things. You know, I'd always carted corn in, in holidays and whatever, but I'd never been fully immersed in the business side of things. It definitely does bring a pressure, absolutely, because if the generations before me have done such a good job of looking after the farm, what happens if, you know, if it comes to me and I I do a bad job of it? But I think one thing that I'm very lucky with, my parents are so flexible. So something like this, for example, we're we're giving up an hour now, but they don't mind because they see that there actually is a wider benefit Mm. in doing some of these things. Um, One of the other things which I think actually makes it easier for my parents to say, yep, go off and do that, do those things. Some things do bring in bring in an income, and I have to see some of the work that I'm doing as a diversification mm-hmm. to the farm. Otherwise, you can't do everything for free. Um, interestingly, we have um, secured a sponsor on the podcast. Um, I don't, am I allowed to mention a sponsor oh, good name? Go, yeah. um, APAN Rural Insurance, and yeah. that was really really important for us. One, yeah. they align with our aims, but two, um, it's an income. It mm. is an income. Yes, yeah. some of it goes on our subscriptions and our costs and whatever. But there's a bit of money left at the end of it, which I can say to my parents, I've brought back in some extra income. Yeah. This work I'm doing is worthwhile for more than one reason. That's, that's a really, it is farm diversification. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It it's, is it's, not, it's not just Airbnb or a recording yeah. studio or... Yes. What, what, yeah, yeah. It's diversification. It's, 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 it's using your, your, your ability. Your... And, and you know, realising your worth and your value yeah. because of that. That has been use... a huge learning curve. Now, that, and also that was discussed last night after the live stream. We were talking about the fact that farmers and, you know, have kind of got followers by accident. We thought, oh, we'll just show a bit of what we're doing at lambing time. And then before you know it, you've built Mm. a following. The problem is with farmers is that we then have no knowledge of how to, like social media management, managing yourself, managing your time, managing the fees you charge. We don't have a clue. And so often we're undervaluing ourselves for you know social media content creation video creation speaking events um going to other podcasts and i think actually if the agricultural industry doesn't wake up to how much you should be valuing the following of farming influencers let's call them if if farming doesn't wake up to that other industries are coming in and taking taking farmers out and we've seen it with you know some of the people we know uh, are getting other opportunities outside of farming which are simply more well paid yeah, and if you look at the likes of oh, I'm going to cross the line here. Um, the uh, recently there was the uh, oh, what was the Regen conference we went to? Groundswell, Groundswell, Grand, and you look at you. So, so we're we're well connected. I didn't know too many people there because there's a whole new influx of people coming in that are looking to uh, create a revolution in 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 this in and sustainability in, in Regen Ag. When actually we should be hearing from from yourselves and the, and the likes of your 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 fifth generation family because you know how to uh, farm regeneratively. Um, but yeah, there, there might be a bit of a um, a, a march of these mm. individuals with all the all the great all the great reasons, but they're, they're sort of stealing your market share when we, we need to hear from you because you know how to farm correctly on a sustainable and on regen basis. And I think it's working together, it is, and mm. that's something that really, really bothers me about farming is this infighting. And actually, you mm-hmm. know, if you can sit around a table and, you know, you've probably got a lot more in common than, than yeah. not. And, and social media can be good yeah. and bad for that competitive. We've seen the competition side yeah. where you think, oh my goodness, aren't we working towards the same thing here? Yeah. Mm. But we've then also seen absolute unwavering support from people we've never met in person and we might never meet them in person but they always send us a message or like our posts or share it or 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 whatever they do there's still that unwavering support and and that knowledge sharing so there's definitely both extremes there at the moment and i completely agree 
we are all in this together and and that's slightly off topic but that's what we're doing on the farm here we're a trial farm <laughs> and oh, authentic dog <laughs> <laughs> um and what we what we're actually trying to do is knowledge share if yeah. we find something out on the farm we want to help the industry learn as well and we should be translating that across the board to social media mm. and you know that gets more people in the industry mm. and ultimately so we've, we've sort of touched on it before but you know what is what is success for use and how you know getting that next generation into what you know what does good really look like well do you remember when we said if we help one one person we'll be happy that wow. was our that was the first thing we ever said wasn't it yeah. if we could just educate one person and help them to learn something we've done a great job and I think success for us is putting farming on the map and in a way that young girls or young people or whatever mm. can look and go, oh, that could be me. Mm. And they see a way into ag, mm-hmm. whether that be in the field or in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and once once people can see themselves in agriculture, I think all the other things, all the other things follow on. You yeah. know, support of British farming grows because actually bringing more people from outside the industry they're our spokespeople, aren't they? Really, mm. if if we're impacting one or two people, they can then be saying, actually, no, but farming isn't like that because yeah. I've had a bit of experience from it, and and they're spreading the message. Yeah. Great marketing. And, <laughs> yeah. and and you know, how do you incorporate those engaging? You know, we call it education, but I like engagement because you know, it's it's in it together. I've said you know, it's, it's kind of your day jobs, but how you know, share with people how you do that and how you know the authenticity that you talked about earlier, and how do you incorporating that? You know, this is all about inspiring the next generation. So, some practical tips on on how you do that. That's something we always put in our speaking events, don't mm-hmm. we? Because mm-hmm. as we say, mm-hmm. the podcast is just one part of of everything that we do. And we always have kind of takeaway tips on your side from a, mm-hmm. from a farmer, then social media as well. Yeah. And just be yourself. People are going to see through it if not. Um, don't engage with negative comments and criticism. Mm. It is yeah, so easy to do. You can get extremists. Mm-hmm. You can get just negative comments on anything. But just rise above it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Block, move on. We uh, we fell into that trap very early on. Yes. Um, we always come back to it, don't we? The first negative comment we ever got And was, it's, fun- it's funny how it's fixated funny. we, we yeah. were we were. it. We'd, it was when we first released the podcast yeah. um, two years ago and the farming media picked up on it and it, we had hundreds and hundreds of comments and this is amazing, well done girls. And there was one comment, one comment that said, great idea, but that girl dresses like my grandma. That was me, <laughs> by the way. And we fixated on that for ages. I was thinking, do I really dress like that? Do I? And you think, oh my goodness. We were talking about mental health at the time. Yeah. And I think that is a massive thing I'd say to people is, there are hundreds of comments that are great. Don't get fixated on that yeah, bad one. Yeah. Just Absolutely. block, move on. Yeah, well um, and keep learning. Yeah. Just keep learning. Keep taking opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I, I, or, I agree with everything that Lizzie said. Swap the shoes. Put yourself in another person's perspective, whether that's consumer v farmer, whether that's a different background, whatever that is, yeah. understand how what you're portraying, what you're talking about comes across to somebody else. Yeah. And actually... It could be that it's just not very clear information-wise, or it could be that you're kind of unintentionally dropping in something which is it sexist or is it is it is it kind of making somebody from who's not from a farming background think, oh well, that'll never be for me. We've got to be the reach of things that we do on social media can be so massive and yeah. more massive than you could ever expect. You've always got to keep an eye on how does this come across, um, you know, because it's not just going to affect maybe your reputation, but it could be the reputation of the sector as well. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had a. a- Good question here from a Steve. 
How do you envisage the future of agriculture and how does your work contribute to its development and sustainability? It's quite a heavy oh, one, but um, how do you envision the future of agriculture and how does your work contribute to that? Well, we actually did a talk on sustainability the other week. Well, the other week. <laughs> um, it's a great question, Steve. We, uh, the first thing that we looked at was how are we defining sustainability? Because I think that is different for every single person. The way I define sustainability before coming into the industry would have first and foremost been the environment it would be mm -hmm. the planet and it would be financial sustainability in terms of cost of living crisis what can we afford to buy in supermarkets mm. but sustainability in the farming community well we add in a few more because environment definitely comes at the top um financial sustainability i think that interlinks with everything because if we're not financially stable we can't look after the environment I don't know why there's so the many planes today. <laughs> it's waiting to pick us up. <laughs> um, but I think sustainability goes into things like people as well and succession. And yeah. it, it, as I said, it's all interlinked. So ultimately, the future of farming is sustainability, however you define it, because if it's not sustainable, it will disappear. Um, how do we impact that? We literally had a slide on this. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really good question, but we're kind of, kind of prepped for that. Our role is actually communicating that to you know to farmers and consumers it, it's about getting the message out there across different platforms to people who may never have stepped foot on a farm probably will never have the opportunity to and it's important that we communicate what farmers are doing to be sustainable but also what consumers can do mm -hmm. to help sustainability as well bridging yeah. the gap yeah absolutely yeah. education question oh it's a tr tricky one um th there's definitely been a change over the the, the, the pandemic that uh, perhaps some uh, younger individuals don't want to go to university, college, and they, they might get a degree, another qualification, but they'll come out with a lot, lot of debt. Uh, there might be a route uh, that they uh, further their career through apprenticeship scheme or, or by not going to university. If we've got people watching this or listening to this who are 50-50, so whether they go to university or college um, to learn about agriculture or they just go work on a farm and, and work their way uh, um, in, into, into the sector that way, what's your advice? Go, go to do the formal education and all the positives and negatives that come with that will go straight into industry. I think it depends on the role you yeah. want to go into. And, and you're coming, this is coming from two people. So yep. I did a yep. degree at Cambridge and a master's at Siren. So non-agricultural and then agricultural. Lizzie had a degree and master's in creative side linguistics. So we've come from, I would say, more of the academic side. Yeah. Now, coming back to the family farm, the academic side <clears> has <throat> not hindered me. It has absolutely helped. It got me away from the farm. Um, but the practical knowledge of farming wasn't wasn't there as much as if I'd studied straight ag or gone to ag college or started working on the farm however I had to have a view of I didn't realize I'd be coming back to the farm this early going off and doing the degree that I did and the master that I did was appropriate for my kind of desires and, and career aspirations but what was going to hopefully ultimately provide me with um, a good earning potential by having that background but I was lucky in that school was easy for me. I enjoyed that academic side of things. That isn't for everyone. Yeah. But the good thing about farming is that whether you want to do the academics, whether you don't, whether you want to get stuck in on farming, whether you want to do genetics or engineering or any of those things, that absolutely is a route for everybody. But sometimes it's just finding it because sometimes teachers aren't so well versed in, mm, in helping yeah, yeah. direct you through that route. So yeah. I would absolutely recommend anyone listening, just start Googling different yeah. careers how do I get this job yeah. go and speak to your careers advisor and say yeah, I want well to do this and don't take no for an answer yeah. because yeah. they might try and steer you away from farming yeah, yeah. and I've we, well we've heard messages of that haven't we before yeah 
if you want to do it, there's absolutely, and even if you call up an agricultural college and say, I want to do this, is it right if I come to you? Do you have the right course for that? Yeah. Just ask them. Brilliant advice. I'd also say do what you love. I think we are so conditioned from a young age to follow a linear path to Mm -hmm. you have to have it figured out. You have to know exactly what you want to do. You've got to go to university, Mm -hmm. and great, uni might be the right thing for you. But do what you love and it's okay to change your mind. Mm. I did English, then I went and did design and now I'm in farming. Yeah, yeah. Life isn't linear. Find your passion. Absolutely, follow it. You know, you only get one life. And I genuinely mean that. Great advice, thank you. (laughs) Well, I almost need to finish it there because it is such... (laughs) um, uh, We are running out of time, so... You know, final couple of words on on, videos and... um, the podcast and and you know, as an advice like how do we top that ah, <laughs> um i would finish it off by saying um basically lizzie and i are just going to keep doing what we're doing um we're always going to be here to try and promote british farming we're also going to try and touch on the trickier issues to talk about mm-hmm. whether that is mental health whether that is diversity um but ultimately we want to support our industry that we work in that we love um and that we need to protect because we're up against it from a lot of other angles and and sticking your head above the parapet and and spending the time on social media and opening yourself up to some of the negativity isn't always easy um but we're just going to keep going absolutely i can only echo that and just if anybody's listening just be yourself and keep going and from this network that are dialed in how how can we all help you make this a success and not just for yourself personally but for the sector as a whole what 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 do you need from the network to to go to this next next step um well i would say the first thing is just give us a follow on social media yeah and listen to our episodes so you'll find us um under becca and lizzie um but the other thing is how do i say i don't want to say educating yourself because it sounds a bit formal and forced but take the time to understand a bit more about Mm. farming because more and more the information is getting out there in an accessible way and I'd yeah. I'd hope that we're kind of yeah. part of the part of the group of people who are, are yeah. happy to put information out there accessibly. We try and answer as many questions as we get in as well. So if you don't understand something about farming or food production or agriculture, ask the questions or or go and try and find mm. the you know, type it in on Instagram, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you might just find the answer. Yeah. Your takeaway, Max? Yeah, I I think we it's not that we need more people like 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 these guys. I, I think that they're. I love your expression about we're so conditioned, and, and I and I and I fear this. And I drive around and I see all these new houses being built, and people going into those and having two point three kids and a Labrador and a mortgage and being stuck in an insurance clerk's job, which is fine. Uh, but it's so, we're here for such a long time, and we can make such a difference. Um, but sometimes we need to be educated, excited about the difference that we, that we can make. So that's Absolutely. why I'm yeah. really inspired by by, by both of you um, on on the basis that we're really excited to to meet you and talk like this. But also for this audience to hear from you and to be inspired. So that's Aww. my takeaway is I've been inspired. Well, thank you so much. Are you going to sign an honest media agent? <laughs> <laughs> We've got the contract actually. Yes. Yeah. Spotify, Netflix, Amazon. <laughs> And so for me, it was definitely about the authenticity, and you know that's what you guys just ooze, and 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 I think that's important to, you know, it comes in with follow your passion. If you if you follow your passion, you can be authentic, know your worth, know your value in whatever part of life uh, that is, and the focus on the positive. I mm-hmm. think yes, yeah, so important. Otherwise, we can get ourselves dragged into those holes. So you know, so that that's my three takeaways. So you know, just really leaves me. Uh, thanks, Max, for for and Beanstalk and, and co-hosting 
Thank you guys, Becca and Lizzie, since so much for, for well, hosting us here, uh, Rebecca, but for joining us here. Um, go and look at the AHDB AgriLeader pages um, and you know all the things that we do there. This is called the Talking Leaders series. There's a whole backlog of that. So, so go and have a look. And thank you for listening. Sending, thank you for uh, sending in your questions. And we'll see you next time. And, and ladies, do you think that Isaac's shirt should have its own Instagram account? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I know absolutely. that's not the only one as well. Yeah. There's, a, there's a big wardrobe full of those. I, I do like a good shirt. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks.